The Multi-Orgasmic Millionaire with Tilly Storm is the only sex podcast for high-achieving leaders wanting to experience the best sex and epic relationships of their lives without dragging their partner to therapy, blaming in on their hormones, or trying things in the bedroom that don't feel authentic. I'm your host today, Tilly Storm, top 20 sex coach in the world. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Multi-Orgasmic Millionaire Podcast. I'm excited to get to our third and final episode of the men's series. I took a break from it last time because I really wanted to get out the episode on the Sound of Freedom before it was no longer in theaters. Uh, It was so important and so moving for me that I just had to, to post that one first. If you missed it, it is about how to make peace with your sexuality in a world full of human traffickers and pedophilia. How can we make peace with sexuality? How can we be at peace with with our sexuality to see it as something good and whole and sacred even in a world that is completely distorted sexuality and in a world that's used it for really terrible things in a world that's abused sexuality, abused its power, all of those things. If that's a topic that interests you, then I highly suggest go listen to that episode as well. But today we're going to get back to my three-part men series, which is all about helping high-achieving men to reclaim frequent, passionate sex, to rekindle their woman's desire, to increase the intimacy and connection without the typical guilt, frustration, and compromise. And one thing that I see really holds men back from being able to have a very fulfilling and intimate sex life is them not knowing how to embrace their masculinity with confidence in the post me too era. Men are freaking terrified of women. They are terrified. And I know this for a matter of fact, because I work with a dating coach who I do sexuality coaching sessions with her men who are currently in the dating space. And while it's a little different than most of the men that I work with who are generally in a relationship, the issues are actually the same, just in a different context. For starters, if you are unaware of what the Me Too movement is or was, really, it happened in around 2016-17, and it was a time in history where a lot of women started to come out about their sexual abuse. They started speaking up about sexual abuse or sexual trauma that they had been a victim of. And previously, before that, many women didn't want to speak about it because it brought up a lot of shame for the woman herself, or it just didn't feel safe in society to really even talk about these things. And in that era, that movement, a lot of women together kind of came out about their own experiences of sexual abuse and trauma, and they started talking about it openly. And what happened was that there was this big push for women to Uh, to be able to have a space to express their truth and what happened to them. And at the same time, the men came absolutely terrified of what they might do to women unbeknownst to them and not even really knowing what they were doing because it seemed at that time that everyone was talking about any time that may or may not have been halfway even questionable about something being consensual or inappropriate or appropriate, all of it. It became very, very, very confusing. 
And while this was a very important time in history for women to start to open up and feel safe to express what actually has happened to them, it also became a time when men started feeling that they couldn't show up and be masculine, that they couldn't show up and initiate uh, that they started having a lot of hesitation around, oh, is it even okay to initiate? How do I know when it's okay to initiate? And it began this big old long cycle of men questioning, how the hell do I be masculine and be the one to kind of lead a relationship, uh, to be the one to initiate a sexual encounter and it be consensual and it be okay. And it be so that this woman isn't going to come back to, on me 10 years later, 20 years later and say that I was abusing her or that I didn't do something consensual when I really didn't even know any better. So this was kind of what was going on. And many, I, I was dating in 2018 and 2019, 2020. And a lot of the men that I came across really struggled, were struggling at the time with this particular issue. And they would open up and tell me because they knew I was a sex coach. They knew I worked in relationships and intimacy and all that. And they would tell me, like, I don't even know how to show up and be around women these days because I don't know, like, what is appropriate, what's not anymore. How can I be a man and still be okay and not be afraid and worried that someone's going to come after me, that I may did something wrong? I don't even know if I did anything wrong, right? So it's really just left men feeling very trepidatious about initiating, afraid that they're going to misread a nonverbal cue um, and curious how to have an effective and fun conversation about sex without it making you sound like it's all you care about. Because a lot of women these days, that's what they're doing. Oh, only, men only care about sex. That's all they care about. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. If you go in any of these dating Facebook groups, it's nothing but that, which is totally not true at all. And I know that, but a lot of women, they are under the impression that that's all men care about. And in defense of you guys out there listening, I absolutely know better than that. And I feel for you. I really do. So I'm going to share with you today a couple of ways to begin to embrace your masculinity and your confidence in this post Me Too error. How can you feel confident and safe and secure to speak to a woman about sex, to initiate sex, to be the one to lead the relationship and not be worried simultaneously that she's going to come back on you and say you did something wrong and inappropriate 5, 10, 20 years later. The first thing that I would suggest, if you have this trepidation, this fear, whether you're in a relationship or you are in the dating space, but I imagine most of the people listening to my podcast in particular are in a relationship. So, you know, say you've been with a woman for several years, maybe 10 years, whatever. And this me too era happened and you're like, fuck, I don't know how to really show up and be confident. I've kind of lost my confidence. And maybe I got the message that it wasn't appropriate to be the one to lead or that it wasn't appropriate to initiate. Okay. First, I want you to stop that right now. Okay. And I want you to go learn about trauma and the nervous system and how it affects the body and the mind and behavior. Understanding what someone who has experienced sexual trauma has been through is literally the best thing you could do to understand what is happening to this person 
when they're in a sexual situation, if they have been traumatized or abused in the past, why are they acting the way that they are acting? Why does their body do these certain things? If you don't know the answer to that question, I want you to go learn. So the best thing that you could do is to have an understanding of how sexual abuse and trauma affects a person and understand at a deep level, the stress cycles and how to complete a stress cycle. And the best resource that I could guide you to, to learn about this is the body keeps a score by it's a book by Basil van der Kolk. I will put it in the show notes because if you want to continue to be able to embrace masculinity and confidence, then you've got to understand what happens in these women's bodies and brains who have been traumatized and abused before. And how can you support this person to heal from that, to complete the stress cycle from that? So it is no longer affecting them. It will also give you a great deal of empathy and understanding for what this woman is going through so that you aren't having unrealistic expectations of what this woman should be experiencing sexually. Uh, Maybe after experiencing sexual abuse or trauma, her desire shut down or her ability to orgasm shut down, or maybe it went the other way. Maybe her desire skyrocketed and she's super horny all the time and doesn't know what to do with it. Or maybe she's experiencing all sorts of orgasms and she's expecting you to show up and give her all these orgasms. You're like, oh my God, I don't know how to, how to meet this woman because the nervous system will react in one of two ways after a sexual abuse or trauma, whether it be from childhood or, you know, even in your teens or twenties or thirties, right? It will either go into a hyper trauma response or a hypo trauma response. More commonly, it's going to go into hypo for the types of women that tend to find me uh, because they lack sexual desire. They kind of shut down. They freeze. They freeze. They fawn. They people please. They have obligatory sex. They just do. They just, they're just going through the motions, but they're kind of half dead inside is what it feels like. A woman who is in a hypo trauma response, that will kind of be her disposition around sex and pleasure. Don't really care. Just kind of doing it for you. Uh, I'm showing up. Maybe I experienced some pleasure sometime, but really I'm just using sex to just keep you around is really the story that tends to happen for a lot of the women that I work with. Uh, and they're trying to heal that pattern. They're trying to complete that stress cycle. So it's a really beautiful thing to watch her heal from these patterns and to heal from that initial trauma or abuse. Now, the other way that it can go, and I don't tend to get many women in this category, but they will go in the hyper trauma response, which is where they're having all their, their desires kind of off the charts. Uh, maybe they're being really promiscuous, doing all sorts of things that maybe don't actually feel good for them, but they're just doing it because that's feeding a fantasy or a curiosity that maybe the trauma kind of initiated. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing to feel guilty or ashamed of. It's just the body's response to the trauma or the abuse. And the, the other part of it is that women who are in hyper trauma response is that they will often use sex to get what they want. 
Uh, so if that is something that you find your woman does a lot, that's that could very well could be um, an effect of a sexual trauma or abuse from the past. So understanding how trauma works in the body, what it does to the body, what it does to the brain, how to complete the stress cycle is so important. If you are at all concerned about how to be a man <laughs> and maintain your confidence, then you need to understand sexual trauma and abuse at this level. It's just one book. It's pretty deep, but it doesn't take that long to read. And you'll have an amazing understanding of what sexual uh, abuse and trauma does on, on a person. Okay. The second way that you can support yourself in embracing your masculinity and confidence is getting really comfortable talking about sex and boundaries. Yes, yes, yes. Most people are definitely not comfortable talking about sex or boundaries at all. And it maybe they are comfortable, but they don't know how to have a conversation with another person who might not be as comfortable as them. So you may be comfortable talking about it, but how do you get the partner that you're with to be comfortable talking about it and actually have an effective conversation with your partner about sex and boundaries? The best thing I can tell you to do is to download my Tantric Sex Starter Kit at the link in the show notes, and you will find that in there is a bonus, Fears, Desires, and Loves communication practice that you can do with a partner. And in terms of talking about desires and boundaries, uh, you can modify the loves part to be boundaries. So instead of fears, desires, and loves, you're going to do fears, desires, and boundaries instead. When you are with someone new, or maybe this is the, maybe you've been with your partner for 10, 20 years, whatever, but you've never had a conversation like this before. You've never had a really effective, deep, or meaningful conversation about sex. Then you can do the fears, desires, boundaries first. And then when you've really talked about the boundaries, then you can move into the fears, desires, loves, which is just a, a, a different variation of the same practice. It just brings out different answers. So go download that Tantric Sex Starter Kit with that practice so you can start to learn how to have really great effective communication. If you're in the dating space, this isn't going to apply if you are in the dating space, then I would recommend that you purchase my How to Sexually Please a Woman online course, because in that course, I'm going to show you a breakdown of how to have a conversation about sex with someone that's new to you, uh, someone that maybe you've never really talked about sex with before. Maybe if you are in that dating space, then this is going to be more appropriate because you're not going to want to do like a tantric communication practice. Very unlikely. I don't know. Maybe you will. But chances are you probably aren't going to want to do like a, let's sit down and listen to a Tilly audio of fears, desires, and loves or fears, desires, and boundaries, whatever it is, uh, with someone that's brand new that you're just starting to get to know and date. In that case, go get the How to Sexually Please a Woman online course, and I will show you a five-step process for having effective, fun, playful conversations about sex outside of a container per se. The third thing that I want to share with you to support you being in your masculine, embracing your masculinity and embracing your confidence as a man in the post me too era is to not 
feed into her victimization. We live in an absolute culture of victims. Everyone wants to be a victim, and we might as well be having the Victim Olympics. I am not a fan of this at all. In fact, I just kind of had a knock them out, drag them out fight with a mom at one of my kids' schools because she is not taking responsibility, uh, not making her son take responsibility for spilling juice all over my son's computer. And I am very, very, very upset about it. <laughs> okay. Very upset about it because this is a problem that people are not taking responsibility for their own life and when you feed into someone's victimization, what, what does that look like? It means that it looks like, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to be with this woman and she's going to be this way forever. And I guess I just have to settle. So feeding into someone's victimization can look like settling. It can look like arguing a lot. None of that is effective and none of that is going to help you be a happy and fulfilled person. So what do I mean by not feeding into her victimization is that you listen and you inspire her instead. You inspire her to seek support and help from an outside source, such as a therapist or a coach, such as myself, uh, to work through your own experience. Being a victim means I'm not going to seek the help. I'm going to sit here and wallow in my... Uh, victimization status, and I'm going to wear it like a badge. I'm going to go march down the street and tell every man they're horrible and pathetic because one man did something wrong to me. That's what victims do, and you see it all the time. Uh, that That's how women react to being a victim when they have experienced sexual abuse or trauma. And the one thing that you can do as a man is to support and inspire her to get the help she needs. And of course, you can only do so much of that. It's up to her to not want to be a victim anymore. It's up to her to decide that she's going to overcome this, that she's going to work through it. She's going to complete her stress cycles, and she's going to come back into integration and healing. And that's required of her to be a happy and healthy human being, is that she takes responsibility for her life. What that could look like for you guys is that you show her different podcasts or you introduce her to different things that might help her to heal and integrate her sexual abuse or trauma that you introduce her to different resources such as books that you're reading uh, but to do it in a very loving and gentle and caring way in an em empathetic way not in a, hey, honey, I'm sick of you not ever wanting sex with me because you're super shut down from your sexual abuse you experienced when you were 12 years old. So here's this book so you can get the fuck over it. No, 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 no. Not like that. <laughs> that is not going to work. But having a caring, empathetic uh, tone. It's the, the tonality and the empathy in you introducing her to the various resources that can help her overcome these this shutdown or this hyper trauma response of kind of going wild and crazy in a not very conscious way or not make, you know, where it's not in the best interest of the person. Okay. The fourth way that I want to share with you that you can support yourself in embracing your masculinity 
and confidence is to question your own masculine narrative. Now, a lot of men have a really terrible narrative of what masculinity means from society, from Hollywood, from culture, and sometimes even from religion. And this can really be debilitating. Women have the same thing with their female line, with the women in their family. In terms of men in your masculinity, what did you learn from your father? What did you learn from society? What did you learn from pornography? What did you learn from Hollywood about being a man, a sexual man? Like, seriously, take a moment to think about that. What did you learn? And... Is that something, is that story something that you want to be actively living right now? Is that narrative something that is actually in alignment with what you know to be true about masculinity in its highest, purest form? Usually, almost all the time, there is a big discrepancy in the version of masculinity that we were taught growing up versus the version of masculinity that you want to be living and embodying today. And that gap in between what masculinity meant to you and what you learned about it growing up versus what you believe it to be and want it to be now is the healing and the integration that gets to happen, the embodiment that gets to happen in order to get you in alignment with that version of masculinity that you want to be embodying and living. So pull back the curtain on that blind spot. What is that gap? What is that thing? Explore that so that you can be in alignment with your own inner divine masculine, the highest version, the purest version of what masculinity means to you. Question your masculine narrative. Every woman needs to do this for her femininity and every man needs to do this for his masculinity. The fifth way that I want to share with you to support you in embracing masculinity and confidence in the post Me Too era is to get really great at reading nonverbal cues and energy. This is so important for people who aren't very good at this and people who have high anxiety and people who might be on the autism scale. People who are very not aware of nonverbal cues and energy, this is going to be a really big disservice to you. And it might make initiating things, sexual encounters, be even more confusing. It might be even more challenging because you don't have an understanding or an innate ability to read verbal cues or energy naturally. That means that you got a little extra work to do if you are someone with high anxiety or on the autism spectrum, right? Uh, but if you're not, then just honing in these skills a little bit more deeply can be very, very powerful to ensure that you feel really good and confident that you're making clear decisions, that you're reading her properly, that you're reading her nonverbal cues and her energy in a way that uh, feels accurate. And the more knowledge and understanding you have that empowers you in your confidence and your ability to read those cues. How can you do that? Go YouTube some videos, go read some books, literally anything. I don't have any specific resources because I don't tend to work with 
many people who have this issue, but if you're one of them and you really worry about it, some of the men and the the dating men that I work with, they tend to have a hard time with the energy cues. So this can be challenging for men to understand women's energy, to understand how it might be different. Uh, and my solution to that would be, well, get in touch with your own sexual energy, learn about verbal cues, nonverbal cues, like literally just read some books, watch some YouTube videos, and you'll be empowered to n understand those more deeply. And in terms of reading her energy, how she is responding to you sexually, well, just go learn some Tantra. <laughs> Let me teach you some Tantra and you'll learn all about that. Okay. Uh, so the sexual energy part is a completely different piece of this, but reading reading the nonverbal cue and the energy is more pertinent to you if you are experiencing hesitation or fear around initiating sex or if it's causing you to feel that you're not very confident in a certain sexual situation um, so that you're empowered with this knowledge and understanding of how to read her accurately and not be afraid that you're going to do something that you regret 30 seconds later. All right, guys. So I just wanted to share with you a big thank you for listening and supporting me as I share with you this three-part men's series. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. I do have one coaching spot available for men's private coaching for the remainder of 2023. I have three women's spots available right now. Um, I did have two men's and I'll have one remaining. So if you are interested in private coaching with me, and if you are a man who has a higher libido than your partner and you're struggling how to <laughs> have the frequent passionate sex that you so desire and you want more intimacy and connection without feeling guilty, frustrated, or feeling like you have to compromise things in your relationship to get it, then you are exactly the type of man that I am looking for uh, to work with. That If that is you, then I want you to go apply for men's private coaching at the link in the show notes below. If that is not you, then you are not a good fit for working with me as I only have that one spot available. And that is the type of man that I will, I feel most amazing about supporting right now. So if that's you go apply, if it's not, well, we'll talk later. So guys, thank you so much. And I look forward to being back on here next week to share more amazing epicness with you. And we'll be back to women next week. All right. See you later.